and welcome into another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, including West Ashfield Leagues, uh, the best place to watch the game live and loud. Uh, we are also sponsored by uh, Mobile Corp. Uh, welcome to our new partners for this year as well. Welcome to them at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow, please, and um, check out the link tree uh, link in there. It's got a link to the survey, the prediction survey. So fill that in. Uh, I know As was working on his earlier in the evening. And yeah, fill that out and we'll talk about that in an episode leading into round one and we'll see what everyone is feeling and thinking heading into the 2023 season. Uh, if you want to support us and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. I know a couple of the guys have dropped some questions in the Discord for us to answer later in the show. And welcome to everyone tuning in on Facebook and YouTube. If you're on YouTube at the moment and you haven't subscribed, turn notifications on, all that fun stuff. Give us a nice comment, review. Uh, and a like on there. Righto, let's get into the show itself and coming over the wire from Orange, my mate Aaron Thompson. How are you tonight, As? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Josh. Uh, looking forward to hopefully a, a better performance in our second trial this weekend. Um, yeah. other, otherwise, there's not a whole lot to do at the moment. There was a footy feast over the last four or five days of 11 games and not a whole lot happening right now. <laughs> yep. No, it's good. The footy footy is back. At least the all-star game is a bit more entertaining. We'll talk about that one uh, as well. And Mr. Bashara in his lair, nice, beautiful red background walls in there. Mr. Bashara, how are you this evening? I'm fine. Thank you, Josh. G'day, Aaron. G'day, listeners. I hope you're all well. Uh, good to have some footy back. Uh, not the way we wanted to start, but uh, I'm sure it will improve. Yeah, it has to. I mean, it has to. It can't. I don't know. I think we're we're feeling a little bit different about how that game went, and we'll get to get into it in just a little bit. Uh, as always, we start with some news. The only news is we don't have any news, but we're expecting some news in regards to the captain of the West Tigers for 2023. So the season. Launch is tonight at where did you say was that Rob? I think it was at the Rowers Club there at uh, Haverfield, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to announce a captain. Well, they're expected to announce the captain for this season or captains. Will there be five captains this year? I don't think so. Hope not. Uh, so hopefully that happens. Watch that happen five minutes after we finish the show tonight, and then uh, <laughs> we'll look like idiots tomorrow. But fingers crossed, they'll um. Yeah, they'll announce that before 9.30, surely. So to the lower... Actually, predictions, boys. Who do you think will be captain? As I'll let you go first. I I think it's going to be Adam Dewey. Um, I think he's the fan favourite for the for the captain choice, but I wouldn't also I also wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Joffa um, with AD maybe as a vice-captain for if Joffa's not on the field because I have a feeling Joffa might end up having a bit more of a bench role this year, or at least spending some time on the bench, depending on who else we have there. So, yeah, AD, I think, and I hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's AD as well. Uh, Rob, are you feeling the same way as as yeah, and I? Yeah, definitely AD, and I, I think Appy will be vice-captain. Uh, I, I don't see Brooksy being captain, although he'll probably 
you know, get as many touches as or, or more touches than Adam in a game and he'll be on the field for 80 minutes. But as we said last week, 80 minutes, an 80-minute player should be captain in my view. So hopefully it's Adam. He loves the club. He's a natural leader. Yeah. Um, and he's going to have that one-year extension as well. So he's, he's there for at least another couple of years. Yep, the extension, fingers crossed, will get announced uh, before the season starts at least, I guess. Right out. Lower grades from the weekend. So SG Ball, the Magpies, they had another win, 18-10 at New Era Stadium. Uh, what did I say that was last week? Cabramatta, I think. Uh, the Balmain Tigers, they went down in SG Ball, 28-10 to the Filthy Eels in Kellyville. Uh, the SG Ball ladder, so the Magpies are sitting in third. The Tigers are in second last, so the Magpies uh, flying that flag nicely for us there. And they also won in Harold Matthews, 16-8 against the Dragons. Uh, the Tigers in that one just went down 22-18. And the Harold Mats, the Maggies, nicely sitting on top after two rounds. The Tigers are in third third last which is 13th so uh early days but yeah nice to see the west magpies sitting on top there in the women's the girls in the harvey norman um women's premiership had a huge win over the dragons 32-4 and in tasha gale they beat the dragons 18 to 14 so uh the way that beat the dragons four times there one two nice one yep west beat so West beat the Dragons four times in the weekend. Very nice. Uh, Laurie Daly Cup, the MacArthur West Tigers had a 14-all draw in uh, Warhope. Warhope. I've got that pronunciation right well this done. time. Andrew Johns Cup, 18-10 as well, up in uh, Warhope as well. Uh, boys, before we get to first grade, thoughts? any thoughts on lower grades at all? I didn't see any of the games, Josh, so I'm really not in a position to comment. Yeah. If there's anyone out there that does go out and watch the young kids, um, I know of a few people that do, feel free to come on the show and let us know. We, we can only um, keep our eyes out on the on the kids coming through so much, and we really want to, but we, we really would love someone who's um, yeah well into either the West or Balmain um, side sides coming through so uh reach out to us podcast at westlife.com or slide into the dms right first grade uh the west tigers lose to the warriors 48 to 12 the warriors racking up nine tries uh we got two boys where do we start um rob i'll let you sit on your hands for a little bit longer i know you're Fooming at this game, Aaron. I'm kind of feeling. I'm kind of neutral on it. Not to sound like I'm sitting on the fence, but considering that we didn't send that many, uh, obviously first graders over there, I'm not overly worried about this game. Was I absolutely bored watching it and wanted to, to basically? smash my TV and tried to not get emotionally involved with it. I sent out that tweet, that meme on the, the Westlife Twitter, like pointing myself in the mirror saying, don't get emotionally attached to a game that doesn't matter. Still kind of did. Still got annoyed, but I didn't lose any sleep over it. What about you? Oh, for sure. I think the 
the best thing to say. Um, we'll start with the positive in obviously Stefano's performance. He uh, captained the team. He led them admirably. Uh, sec- his second half in particular was amazing. Um, and he's definitely going to be there come round one in hopefully uh, the starting 13. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of had a look through the team list and thought there's probably going to be maybe four guys at most in this team sheet that are going to be there or close enough to being there come round one. Um, the rest are outside looking in or back up for players we have like Brandon Wakeham. And then we had all our kids as well. So, and then I compared that to the Warriors. Sorry, as, and I can... sorry, as but this got confirmation of captain, Appy Corosau. So, Appy Corosau has been named 2023 West Tigers captain. Thoughts on that? Uh, sorry to pull you up on that, but <laughs> um, yeah, they just sent it out on the socials. So, how are we feeling about that? Let's get a live reaction from you. I, I don't mind it. Um, I think it's a pretty good choice. My concern is, is, is he going to be an 80-minute hooker considering his age? So is there going to be a vice-captain who steps up in his absence when whenever he's off the field? But given his experience, the, what he did um, with those young guys coming through at Penrith, the way, he, like, the way he was a bit of a leader for them despite not having a captaincy role while he was there, I, I like it. I think it's a good decision. We look forward to another year with our major sponsor, Wes Ashfield from the Holman Barnes Group. The new umbrella brand acknowledges their 22 years of partnership with our beloved West Tigers and is named after legendary Keith Holman and Keith Barnes, who were included in the list of the nation's finest footballers of the 20th century and both admitted into the Australian Rugby League Hall of Fame. Uh, Visit any of their three venues, Wes Ashfield, Croydon's Sports or Markets Club to enjoy all your favourite games from the home of the West Tigers. For more information, visit their website, holmanbarnesgroup.com.au. H-O-L-M-A-N-B-A-R-N-E-S group. What are your thoughts, Rob? Disappointed that AD didn't get it? Oh, for AD's sake, I think I am. I I can understand why. And and look, you just asked us pretty much before the announcement, and I said I'd have Appy as vice-captain. Um, I guess just, you know, answering this on the spot now, now that we know who is captain, I guess the fact that he's new to the club, he immediately engages in being a West Tiger straight away. There's no residue of being a Penrith player. You're now the captain of the club. We need your best. I know you're a star signing, but now that you're captain, you've got that added responsibility. So I can get that side of it. Plus the fact that he's an origin hooker now. Um, so everyone's going to look up to him, uh, you know, obviously no, no disrespect to Adam, but more to Appy than to Adam. So look, it, it does make sense from that point of view that the downside is, is he going to play 80 minutes or not, which as Aaron alluded to, I don't think he will. So obviously the vice captain would then be take over as captain on the field. So if whether that's Adam or Brooksy or someone else, I don't know, but look, I'm not going to say it's a bad decision. We're not within the club to know, but you know, he's the most experienced and, successful player within the club. He's won a premiership at South. He's won two premierships at Penrith. So it's it's pretty hard to knock it, if you know what I mean. And the Do other you... thing as well, he made that comment at the Panthers like day after grand final celebration, and he really gets the chance to atone for that now. Like he's going mm. to, he's going to have to lead from the front. And if there's a way to atone for what he said that day, obviously a little bit under the influence, but 
the fans still didn't like it, which is fair and reasonable. But yeah, I think he'll have the chance to um, back that up, atone for it, and really lead from the front. See, this is also, this is just my opinion. I don't know if anyone else agrees with it, but when we got James Tarmo to the club, even though James' first year wasn't good and even, you know, his second year was slightly better, regardless of his on-field performance, I just felt like he believed he was the captain of the club and he, he bought into being a West Tiger. We saw his frustration at press conferences, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I guess there's nothing wrong with, you know, making a new player into the club your captain and giving it a fresh look and a fresh feel. Like Adam's been there for a couple of years. Appy's been there five minutes. So, look, there's positives and negatives to it, but um, I, I don't think it's a bad decision. Rob, the fact they didn't go with Adam, uh, does this show any signs? We know he's going to get a one-year extension, but is, is there anything behind not choosing Adam, do you think? Obviously, just speculating, but... I, I don't think there's anything sinister, and and it's it's a it's still a bit of a long shot. But hypothetically, if Mitch Moses does get signed by the club, and he comes to the club, and Brooks is still going to be there for some stupid reason, they prefer Brooks over Adam. So it would be Moses and Brooks in the halves, and then you'd have a, a reasonably disgruntled Adam begrudgingly playing in the centres, and and then he'd probably be looking for somewhere else to go. So that's the conspiracy theory angle I would have on that. But yeah, I, I just thought Adam was a shoe in to be honest, even when he wasn't captain, even when James Tamo was captain, I thought Adam was the inspirational leader behind the scenes. So I, I, I don't know where they stand with him, but I, I know Adam's happy and I know he's training the house down and, and he's looking forward to a big year. And, and, you know, I, I want him to prove a lot of people wrong this year. Uh Brennan's ask who is vice captain. They haven't said. They just put out a, a graphic uh, of Afi uh, Coruscant saying that he's captain. They haven't seen anywhere. So we'll keep an eye on that to see if they do announce a vice. So uh, at least there's one captain and not five. I think those days yeah, are over. So. That's that's a good thing, definitely. Right. As do you remember where I rudely cut you <laughs> off? Close enough. Um yeah, so I I feel like I was saying I feel like we had maybe four players who were going to be around that um, that top seventeen for us this season out there on the field on uh, Thursday night, and I compared that to how many I thought would be in and around for the Warriors, and then I also went through and looked at every other team to kind of have a gauge of how many of their star players or whatever you'd like to call them that most teams sent out there. And the Warriors were pretty close to the top of the list. I Obviously, this is a little bit of, I guess, me making estimations of who's going to play for what team and stuff like that. But I ended up counting eight in the Warriors team who I thought would be in and around that 17. So they had vastly more of their stars out there than we did. Um, Marcelo Montoya, for one, absolutely carved up a very inexperienced and out of practice in the case of Tommy Talau edge out there and... That was that was pretty much all she wrote from there. But it was good to see some of the young guys step up, um, show that they might have what it takes with a bit more practice in their respective grades. Obviously, the SG ball guys in particular, they were the youngest ones out there and they're very green and wet behind the ears. So it was good for, to see them get a bit of a run around and show what they could be capable of. That, um, that first try we scored 
by Trey Penny. That was a lovely bit of movement down down that side of the field as well between some of those guys, which was very exciting to see. Uh, definitely a bit of the Sheen's coaching philosophy with attack first in that one, throwing the ball around a bit. Okay. Right, Rob, I know we're speaking off air. You, uh, we know you're very, as I was talking about being emotionally attached to games, uh, you were pretty fired up about this one. So do you think even though the, the playing roster that we sent over there, you think there's a bit of an attitude problem possibly? No, no, I, I, I don't think there's an attitude problem. Um, let me start with what I conceive to be the positives. Okay, so before I kind of unload a bit, because I do want to unload a little bit. We, the, the, the only thing I wanted this time last week was to get a run under our belt and have no injuries. So that's been achieved. We've also, as Aaron alluded to, there's maximum four players, but probably three that will be in the starting 17. So effectively, we had 14 players out. So we can't we can't take it on that basis. Uh, individually, as Aaron said, Stefano was not just great. He was, that's the Stefano that's going to play rep footy. Stefano was out of this world. I thought, even though he didn't score a try, Fanua Pole was just as good. I thought individually, uh, players like Jakey Simkin, uh, Charlie Staines, uh, Brendan Tumuth, uh, even uh, Sione Fainu when he came on the field uh, for his little cameo. There were a lot of really good individual performances. Okay, so from in terms of even the size of the players and how strong they looked and and how our forwards did hit ups, there, there's no issue there. That that was fine. My issue is, I believe all the play all the teams, whether they were at full strength or under strength, they're going to play to the style that they want to play for the year. And it's just, we've got our, our younger players or our kids going there. I will take, I will disagree with Aaron on a couple of things in terms of both rosters. I'm sure we had at least eight players that have played first grade, whether it's with us or with them and probably seven with us. I know both Senate, both of our centers have played first grade. Staines has played first grade with um, Penrith. Uh, we had Tupu on a wing. We had Pole and uh, Steph and uh, Jakey. So we, we had enough guys there that have played first grade. And looking at New Zealand, all I could think of was Bunty Afoa, Marcelo Montoya and Tamare Martin. And the rest, I, I, I mean, there's a couple there that have played first grade. But the, I actually don't think they had more experience than us. So I'm not going to buy that they were better than us. What, what really upset me is, and I know it's a trial, so I shouldn't have got my hopes up. But, you know, we heard... Lee say, Lee Hadjipentella say a few weeks ago, you're not going to recognise this team, okay, when they take the field. It's 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 chalk and cheese from last year. And then you hear Tim Sheens come up with his gobbledy, goobly, shit talk, guru, philosophical, wank crap, whatever it was. Oh, you know, if we score every set, we don't have to tackle. And then at half time, we're sitting on zero. And in the first half, we're in the red zone twice as many times as New Zealand were in our red zone. And we didn't look like we knew what the hell we were doing. Whether they're the kids, ball, flag, whatever, whoever's there is playing to our pattern. Now, our, our pattern getting off our line and getting to the other end of the field and doing hit, that was all fine. But when we got in the red zone, there was a total lack of imagination in attack. It was 
throw the ball sideways and not draw anyone. And then, then on the odd occasion where we did draw someone, we had players just throwing the ball in hope as opposed to with precision and execution. So in terms of a trial, like, yeah, there were some really good individual performances. We can't, it's not going to be how our first grade is going to be. But if these guys play well, it puts heat on the first graders. So, for example, one, one example, okay, Charlie Staines got bumped off by Montoya, big deal. But Staines played really well. And that's going to yeah, put pressure on that's going to put pressure on Dane Laurie. Now, we needed a few more people doing that. And we did see that with some forwards. As, as I mentioned, Tumuth was good. Fainer was good. Uh, Stefan Fanua are going to have first grade spots anyway, whether they're, they're starting or on the bench. And I dare say Steph's going to be on the bench. But when you sell this hype about you're not going to recognise our attack, et cetera, et cetera, and it was just, there was just nothing. And and look, and another positive, and well, it's a negative, but it's a positive. Brandon Wakeham didn't have a great game. He was quite awful. But Brandon Wakeham's been there two weeks. He hasn't been there for the 12 weeks of training. So he's just really, you know, probably, you know, if your halves aren't doing well, then the rest of the team's going to look pretty crappy. And, and, and the convert from Rugby Union, he... He looked like he had composure, but he he just, you know, throwing intercepts and looked cool and calm and collected, but he wasn't really much chop at 5'8 either. So I'm just concerned about how we were collectively and how, how cohesive we were. And, and that's all that bothered me because whatever that style those guys were playing the other night was, our first grade is going to have the same style. So I'm thinking, like, what are we going to do in the red zone? Because everyone should be on the same page with how we're looking to attack. So I was screaming at the TV, Josh. I just, I just, I kind of looked in the mirror at the end of the game and just laughed at myself. I said, what am I taking this so seriously for? But I just thought we'd throw a bit more out. The second half was a little bit more encouraging. The try that uh, Aaron mentioned, totally agree. That was a really good piece of play with four or five players interchanging passes and what have you. And our big boppers look really big and they look, look like they can, they can break the line. So there's certainly no shortage of depth in the forwards. But Jesus, that the attack in the red zone, like, what have we been doing? Like, what have we been doing in the off season? It was just, you know, awful. And and I just thought, well, you know, gee, I hope our first grade team show more than that because Tim Sheens is meant to be the guru and Tim Sheens is looking after that red zone attack. It's not Benji, it's not Robbie, it's not anyone else. Tim Sheens is in charge of the red zone attack. Robbie and Benji are in charge of the yardage attack which is getting, you know, basically from our try line down the field. And Dave Fern is in charge of defence. What was going on in defence? Like, as as Aaron said, down to Lau's side, Scolari, two on two, and Montoya's getting outside him. Like, he's holding hands with Talau instead of marking his man. Like, what are we teaching even our youngsters? Is he under instructions to be tight and compressed like that? Like, what have we changed? It's the same defensive pattern that I saw last year that we were going to get you know, turned into shit by other teams. So I don't want our first graders to be defending like that, running off our, our wings and leaving overlap. Montoya looked like the best winger in the world, and he's not. He's just a good, solid first grader. So I, I was really disappointed with the, like I said, in, in summary, just the lack of cohesion and lack of imagination in the red zone and our goal line defence. You know, there was one try basically where, where John Bateman would be standing that was like a touch footy try. And we had so many chances. It wasn't like we had one or two chances in the red zone. We 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 were camped in their red zone. We got there. We we had multiple opportunities, and we did nothing but throw the ball away, throw it into touch, throw it behind a player. 
it was it was pretty piss poor. But fourteen new players, hopefully to add to a, a you know better trial and the first grade team is going to look different. But I was just expecting more, so I don't want to write it off as oh it's only a trial, it's only a trial. I think St George looked as bad as us, and not many other teams looked worse than us. And 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 I do take. I accept that we had the weakest team. Like a lot of teams played half their first grade teams and their new signings and all that. So I accept that part, but that's still no excuse for just looking like you had no idea whatsoever in the red zone. That That's that's my take on it anyway. Bryson said, he thinks you've been a bit harsh. He said the guys that played might not have, they've only have been playing with Sheens for a few months. So they might not, they might be still learning some of the things yeah, you said well, I, there? I, I don't think I'm being harsh at all. I, I've actually said that individually, like everyone tried, individually there were a lot of good efforts, but there was no cohesion and they and they looked like strangers. So they've been training together for 12 weeks, except for Brandon Wakem. Okay, Wakem's the only new guy at the club. So I, I don't think I'm being harsh. I just think, you know, we, we look at the good clubs, we look at the Melbourne Storms and the Roosters and what have you, and someone gets injured and someone steps up and knows their role and they know what they're doing. Like I said, Brandon Wakem's been there two weeks, and he's probably the most important player on the field because he's halfback. So he's got all the excuses in the world for me. I'm, I'm happy to, to say I'm being – I'm not even being harsh. I'm actually giving him a, a rap, saying, mate, you've only been there five minutes. You really don't know our systems. But, yeah, the other guys have been there, you know, for two or three months. I just don't, I just don't know what, what that attack was meant to look like just literally shut, shuttling the ball sideways and not doing anything. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, everyone else can give me their thoughts and, and text them up on the screen because, I, yeah. I mean, like I said, there was hard running. There were, The boys look bigger. They look fit. I've never seen some of those boys look bigger. They're just bulked up. They run hard. There was no missed tackles per se. It was just like standing in the wrong spot. Like we weren't actually like, wrapping our arms around legs and falling off tackles. When we were there, we made tackles, but we were getting beaten on the outside. We were getting beat, you know, one off the ruck by a 5'8 and stuff like that. So there's just a little bit of miscommunication. But I just thought we'd do a little bit more in attack and, you know what, and just it'd be like a 36-24 game. But 48-12 to me summed up the difference in two teams. I, I think New Zealand were four times better than us. And they've got a new coach. They've got new players. They've got new systems. They've got new everything. So I, I don't think I'm being harsh. I, I'm, I I expect more from the hype that, you know, Sheens has spoken about with the attack and what Lee Hadjipantelis has said about how we're going to look. And I'm sure we will look much better with our first graders. But, you know, it, it starts now. You, you got to – your trial form leads into your, into your you know, match form. So I want to see a better performance, obviously, this week. And I'm sure we will with a number of first graders, you know, they're yep. playing this week. Yeah, Bryson, he also went on to say in the comments here, um, maybe after this weekend, to judge. And I totally agree with that. After this weekend, if, if we lose... I'm not judging how the first grade will go, Josh. Yeah, if, we lose, if we lose to the Raiders 48-12 with our best guys on the park, I'll be a little, like... Properly worried. As I said, the last thing we would have wanted was to win 48-12 and, and have a couple of injuries, Josh. Like, Melbourne have lost uh, Justin Ollum for six weeks. Mm. Canberra's lost Xavier Savage uh, to a pretty serious injury. So we don't want injuries. I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, in terms of red zone attack, I thought, you know, Sheensy is the king of, you know, 
attacking plays. Like we kind of saw a little bit of a scrum move early in the game that you knew that that had Tim Sheens written all over it down the left side. But I just thought we'd see more runarounds or block plays or or something. There was just mate, there was just nothing. It was just yeah, it, it was awful. Halves. It, it was awful attack. And and as yeah, as we said, if you got two new halves, a rugby union out uh, three quarter who's who's playing at six and a guy who's been at the club for two weeks, I, I guess I shouldn't expect more. But I just I don't know. Maybe we should have just had a bit more experience. I just think we need to get off the ground running, you know, because. We've got a coach that's been out of the NRL for 10 years. We've got two new rookie coaches. We've got a new defensive coach. And they all buy into what's going on. But if we lose a couple of trials and then lose a couple of first-grade games, the first two rounds, well, suddenly, like that. well, wherever, but some of that belief mm. will start to wane. So we just got to... I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe maybe Bryson's right. We're going to nail those Leichhardt. There are two of only three Leichhardt games this year, so... Um, we'll talk about home grounds a little bit later in the show. Uh, as GD Tiger mentioned, Rua said that he was his biggest disappointment. I think we jumped the gun signing him so quickly. What were your thoughts on Rua? I wouldn't say we jumped the gun um, on signing him as quick as we did. I We saw last year that there's definitely some potential there. He's still coming back from that ACL injury that he, he copped early last season. So I, I do want to give him a bit of the benefit of the doubt, but I do agree that it was a pretty disappointing game from Rua. Um, all the hype um, as he, him as our potential 14 or um, having some sort of utility role seemed to be a little bit misplaced, but give him give him some time. I, I'm sure he'll um, he'll work things out as well. It Like Rob said, there was, a, there was a complete lack of cohesion and I think that had a big part to play in why Rua wasn't that great. Um, a few of those forward passes that he threw that just straight forward out of dummy half that you could see if you were, even if you were blind as a bat. Um, yeah, I th- he'll take some time. I think we need to give him that time. He may not see too much first grade this season, but down the track, I'm sure he will. Aaron, you, you alluded last week to the fact that, you know, he's a bit of a hog from dummy half and literally the first chance he got, <laughs> and he wasn't even right next yep. to the line. He was probably about <laughs> eight metres out. He put the head down and, and, he, and, he tried, <laughs> and he tried to burrow through. And I thought of you straight away. I'm like, geez. I, I remembered that. I remember that too. Yeah. I was like, I think I was onto something there. <laughs> but, you know, like really let's, let's focus. Okay. Like I've had my rant, but like, let's focus on like the newer pole was enormous. He was absolutely enormous. Like, like, I don't know, maybe he's going to get a starting role. He was that good guys. And, and obviously Steph, you know, it goes without saying how good he was, but there's just so much depth in the forwards now, and we need Appy to be healthy. We need we need our halves to be on song. Um, NATO looked good in the All Stars game, which was great. So did Laurie to a degree. Yeah, we'll get to uh, those. Uh, yeah, we'll get to those. But you know, disappointing for me is like, okay, Junior Tupu wasn't great. He was on the left wing. Scalari was on the right wing. He wasn't great. So now you start to think, well, if Noffer or can you get injured? I guess Charlie Staines then comes in. So we, we've got something there. But you know what I mean? Like, we need to have two or three blokes knocking down the door. So if there's a slip up or someone gets injured tragically or suspended or whatever the case may be, next man up knows how to do their job. You know, so that that that's all it was for me. I, I just I just found it disappointing because if Scolari's going to be off his wing standing next to Talau, why wouldn't offer? Like, if that's the defen- defensive pattern we're teaching yeah. him. Why, why wouldn't Noffa do the same thing? 
yeah, hopefully he's learnt a bit from Bellamy. I mean, you talked about Rua at 14, Aaron. I thought Jakey Simpkin pretty much nailed that 14 jersey with his performance um, last Thursday. I thought Jakey Simpkin looked really good. He looked fast and crisp out of dummy half. Would you agree, As? Yeah, there was a bit of early rust in there, but he, he definitely... Um got himself into the into the game a little bit better and yeah he had some he had some pretty good touches it was a pretty solid performance from him overall i i do agree that it's probably better to have a 14 that can play a few more positions than just dummy half but yeah if we end up just having that player um i have a feeling team shuffling will be a bit more of a common thing if we get injuries or hias in the middle of games but yeah i think so far jake is a very solid option for that 14 for that 14 jersey well, you mentioned before, Rob, you don't think Appy will play when we're talking about captaincy. You don't think Appy will play 80. So I think Jakey Simpkin, 10 minutes either side of half time, is about right. What do you reckon? Look, we've got to preserve Appy to a degree. But I mean, when the game's on the line, Appy's going to be there. So, yeah. I mean, Penrith kind of well, played him a few different ways this year. They played him for 60 minutes straight. And they'd bring Mitch Kenny on at the end of the game. And then we saw in the last round in and in some of the semifinals that Mitch Kenny would start and then Coruscant would come on. So they kind of played him differently. We, we need our best players on the field all the time. But, you know, we've got to respect Appy's age. Like we, we, We've got him for two years. We don't want to burn him out in one year. So, uh, look, I, I think maybe as opposed to last year with Simpkin and Little, I think it'll be more, you know, 60-20, as, as you've just alluded to, maybe 10 minutes either side of half time, or maybe maybe play the whole first half and, say, 10 minutes into the second half and then get a breather for 10 or 15 and, and finish the last 15 minutes off. Um, but, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Steensy's got that all covered. Yep. Righto. Uh, before we get to the All-Star game, just talking about our new sponsors for the 2023 season, Mobile Corp, formerly known as MLC Phones, who sponsored the Balmain slash Sydney Tigers back in the 90s. Um, I know Rob and I have a big affiliation and memories of those teams, including our friend on the screen there, uh, Mr. Shane Walker. So Stephen from Mobile Corp, he's a passionate Tigers supporter. Uh, He can assist with anything IT-related. It's early days... Um, yeah, as I've mentioned, they were MLC uh, phones. And they say there's a saying in IT, there are only two types of companies, uh, those who have been hacked and those who will be hacked. So what can business owners do to protect themselves from cyber attacks? Uh, they can contact Mobile Corp, who are a family-run tech company that's, that supports West Tigers and was even a jersey sponsor back in 2007. Uh, Mobile Corp, they're passionate about helping protect businesses from cyber threats uh, for an affordable cyber security solution, go to mobilecorp.com.au. Uh, do you know anything about cyber attacks, Rob? Is that any... not, not at all. Yeah, leave it to Mobile Corp. Um, not saying that I'm an expert either. I'm, yeah, I just get a Mac that doesn't, uh, yeah, doesn't get all the viruses that Windows gets. But that's, uh, that's as far as my, uh, antivirus stance is, but uh, au On to the uh, All-Stars Indigenous game. So the Mold... I always have trouble saying this. The Moldy All-Stars? How was that? That sounded 
good. Any Pacific Islanders in the chat, let me know how I pronounce that. Uh, and the Indigenous All-Stars, 12, so 16-12 was a comeback victory for the Kiwis. Uh, pretty good game. This, I, I really enjoyed it. Surprisingly low scoring for an All-Star game. I expected it to be like basically like the Super Bowl today. It'd be 30 to 30-ish uh, points, but it was yeah, hey, high-quality game. Before you go on, I think you've got the wrong score up there, my friend. Yeah, you've got uh, the winning one. You got the women's one because it was like twenty uh, yeah, four, twenty eight, or something. I remember there, was, there were the indigenous there were and the indigenous tries. one. Yeah, I have. I've I've screenshot the wrong one. I was, I swear I was thinking in my That's head okay. like, the indigenous the indigenous one. I didn't pick uh, up on it until you mentioned this. The yeah, yeah. That, game, and I'm like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the indigenous. Yeah, there were a fair few tries that came from down. behind. Yeah, there were a few tries. I actually I found it really entertaining considering all the players that dropped out or didn't want to play for reason. So 28-24, uh, six tries to four, including one uh, for the Indigenous All-Stars to Brett Naden. Uh, how do you think our boys? So Dane Laurie, Brett Naden on the Indigenous side and Tuki Simkin on the Maldi side. Uh, how did you find this game, As? I didn't actually see too much involvement from Tuki. I haven't checked the stats yet, but I'm not sure how involved in the game he actually was. Uh, Naden obviously starting, he he set up that first try with a brilliant little flick uh, to his winger. So I I absolutely love that. I think I commented in the in the Discord immediately. There's a bit of the Benji um, magic rubbing off on him there. So he he had a stellar performance. I was really impressed with Naden and Rob. I think you mentioned as well, Rob. You've always seen him as a right center and believe that's his best position. And he and he proved in that game that. He's absolutely right to be, um, or an absolute good shot at being our right centre, if that's how Sheen sees him. Dano, didn't see too much of Dano. I don't think he came on until the second half, but he he played admirably as well. That uh, try where the two of them linked up with Nico in the second half was a thing of beauty to watch as well, and I enjoyed that. They, Yeah, it was, it was a really good performance by the two Indigenous boys. Um, yeah, not sure what I what to say about Tuki because, yeah, I didn't see too much of him. He had So he had 15 minutes, uh, a few hit-ups. I do remember one really good offload by him. They got – I'm trying to think who he – he basically created a line break with his – he gets these offloads away that are just very much like um, – oh, I had a bromel. Who Who's a player that always hey, – I'm trying to have him in my head before. It'll come to me. Just like basically, you think the tackle's settled, and all of a sudden, pop the ball comes out. So fingers crossed, um, it can lead to some mistakes. But he, yeah, getting getting the ball out unexpectedly is uh, a bit of his forte. So fingers crossed, he can have a good season, low grades, and have a bit of a breakout season this year, Tuki, because he's he's a massive unit. He's got they got the. Uh, the, the body to, to be good. So obviously he had a few troubles pre-season last year, but um, yeah, fingers crossed he had a good year. What were your thoughts on the game, Rob? Yeah, I loved it. I really enjoyed the game. Like it, even if there were no Tigers involved, I, I thought it was really high quality. Um, as Aaron said, Naden's performance was really good in attack, especially a, a couple of missed tackles. But yeah, really good in attack. Uh, put on a great try for Sloan. Uh, scored a try, uh, linked up with Laurie well. Laurie, Laurie, I thought, did really well. 
and you've you've basically covered uh, Tuki. So Tuki's always had that ball playing ability. There's no doubt about that. It's just whether he's going to be a, def- a good, strong defender, and he's got a lot of competition, obviously, and a lot of players in front of him at our club. But um, yeah, Latrell was a bit down on his game. I thought I'd. I just that wasn't Latrell like, and they still won the game. I think if Latrell had been on his game, it could have been anything. But uh, yeah, no, it's a good game to watch, and really happy for Naden. Look, I, I, I've always said he's the right centre, and I even tweeted as much. But Naden's going to play wherever he's trained with us pre-season. So if he's been at left centre for twelve weeks, he'll be left centre. But I'm hoping that performance uh, on Saturday would uh, change Tim Sheens' mind because he's got a great right foot step and he's got a great right foot flick, uh, right hand flick. And the funny thing, if I can just jump to another game, St. George have swapped their centres around. So Zach Lomax was playing on the left and Moses Suley was on the right. And Zach Lomax has got one of the best right foot steps and he's got the great Gidley flick as well, just like Naden did on the weekend. He was on the left side. I'm like, what are you doing there, mate? Like, I don't even know why he was being played there. So it's just a waste of his talent at St. George being on the left centre position. And I feel like Naden's in that same boat. Naden has to be a right centre. Uh, did I change their numbers? Should we ask Shane how the numbers work for those centers swapping around? Long time <laughs> listeners will get that. I'll uh, enjoy that. In joke. Uh, righto, moving on to. So, on the weekend, if anyone saw the pre game uh, to the West Tigers, the Warriors trial. So. Tim Sheens, they asked him about the game coming. We're taking the round 24 game to uh, Hamilton, New Zealand, so giving the Warriors a home game. There was talk about the uh, the whole, basically the whole league doing this, and it turns out only the Wooden Spooners put their hand up to uh, help out the Warriors, who did basically live overseas away from a lot of their family and that sort of thing for a couple of years. So taking the game to New Zealand. Not for the first time. We have done it in the past. But, um, yeah, so basically Tim Sheens came out and said he, if it was up to him, he wouldn't have done it. And that led to Justin Pascoe coming out with a press conference to talk about it. I, I assume one led to the other. I don't know if they were coincidental, but Justin Pascoe, uh, he doesn't that often call press conferences for himself, does he? That must have been... Yeah, it's something to do with it. Very, very random. Either that or he was just trying to, I don't know, promote all, all the stuff that they are doing in New Zealand. Maybe it was planned and just coincidence. But it just kind of seemed uh, a little odd that, yeah, Sheen's come out and said that. And then Pasco, he, he basically said, ask the CEO in his press conference. And then CEO came out and basically said it. So... For those who haven't heard it, I have cut Pasco. I've cut it down to a couple of minutes. So here's Pasco answering questions uh, about us taking a game to New Zealand. Well, I think just that, giving back to the game. You know, the um, New Zealand community and all the people of New Zealand for over a thousand days didn't get to see rugby league. So I think the sacrifices that the Warriors made to enable the NRL to continue on. Um, we're really humbled and respectful of that. And when the opportunity arose to take a game here, we were, we were quick to jump at it. Were you a bit surprised in 
potentially disappointed that other clubs haven't done the same, given the rhetoric that we've heard over the past couple of years about what the Warriors said. Oh, look, what they do is up to them, but, you know, we're really proud and, as I said, um, excited to be coming here. Um, you know, what the, what the Warriors did and for the game can never be underestimated. For, you know, to, to take their families, to take all the administration and their families and to relocate, to keep the game going, to keep thousands of people employed. And, you know, sport um, and what it does to people watching sport through that pandemic and how it motivates and excites and stimulates and you know, got, got a lot of people through a lot of tough times. So, again, we take our hats off to the Warriors and this is a show of respect back to them and the whole uh, New Zealand community. Justin, sorry, I'm just going to ask you to repeat that answer that this make. Um, so, again, why were you so passionate about bringing this game to New Zealand to repay the Warriors? Yeah, again, you know, they, they sacrificed for over a 1,000 days. They relocated families... Um, not just players, but administration as well. The whole club came over to Australia, and yes. you know, that's a huge sacrifice. Um, and for them to do that and keep the game going, we'll leave it there. So basically, yeah. What do you what do you make of all that, Rob? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not a fan of Pasco. That's very common knowledge. Really? <laughs> I want to stick to footy this year. I really do. I want to stick to footy, but. You don't give away your home games. Like I, I said it on Twitter the other day, and you kind of said, "Oh, but we're taking two banks games to Combank. We're not taking Parramatta games to Combank. Bank. Yeah. We're taking two of our home games. Like if we wanted to take a game against another team over there, to a degree, I'm not that I'm a fan of it. Just to give which back we did with the Storm, yeah, which we did with them. the Storm. That's yeah. that's fine to a degree. You look at for, just let's go back pre pandemic okay so what would that be 2019 and before check out the warriors away record it's absolute rubbish the warriors are one of the worst traveling teams and at home they're a totally different beast they were going like rubbish last year and then when we played them there they put a number on us and we looked disgraceful and they were they'd lost god knows how many in a row if we're serious about winning you just don't take home games like the sentiment's good i get all that I'm sure Justin Pascoe did the interview to score brownie points with New Zealand media while he's in New Zealand and kind of promote the game for a few months down the track. We're probably taking the game because Leichhardt's going to be out of action for all the you know women's sport going on there, whatever the case may be. But if we're serious about winning, we you know every home game is vital. Like it's huge, and it could be the difference between making the finals and not making the finals. And and I've seen on social media, surprisingly, and I, and I, and I respect their opinions, um, there's a lot of our fans that are, are cool with it and they agree with Justin and they say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with taking a game there. But, man, that's that's like they're, they're a team that's going to be probably fighting with us for one of those fringe spots if, if they go as well as they hope and we go as well as we hope. So... Uh, we shouldn't be giving them any leg up. And if we end up winning the game, then it'll be the I'll be very happy with the decision. But if we lose the game, that's just disgraceful. Yep. Uh, we ran a poll on Twitter. We got about 200-ish results. And it's about two-thirds are against them. About one-third think it's a good thing. So about double, two to one. Uh, what are your thoughts, Aaron, on this one? Yeah, I agree with Rob there. Um, you need competitive advantages in a sport like the NRL when there's so much on, like so much up for grabs, so much at stake. I would have liked it a bit more if we weren't the only club that ended up doing it. 
um, because I think it would have been a nice gesture to the to the people of New Zealand, especially for like the sacrifices they made and not being able to travel over to Australia to support their team um, or not being able to see their team play at home. So it's more, I feel like it's more for the people of New Zealand. I, I have a feeling it's a lot to do with trying to establish more of a fan base over there as well. So I can see why Pasco's doing it from that point of view. But yeah, like Rob said, I don't think we should have done it. Maybe it wouldn't be as big of a deal if um, more teams did it, but yeah, when you're the only one and you were the team that finished with the wooden spoon last year, you're, you're throwing away competitive advantages and you can't do that. Yeah, and a thing to consider as well, it's, it's going to sound a little bit selfish, but you also have to remember that the 2020 and 2021 seasons, uh, we lost home games ourselves as members. So we didn't get, yes, we had the ability to get refunds, but we we lost games like the first game during COVID was Sunday afternoon at Leichhardt versus who was it Knights? Not sure. We played we played against uh, a, yes yes it a was dead dead empty Leichhardt Oval. It was meant to be sold out Leichhardt. So we lost. Yes, there's always going to be more. And like obviously the what the New Zealand Warriors players and families and stuff went through was awful. The whole world was just shit for two years. Um, there are parts of the world that still are. It's probably wrong uh, to to say that, but it was two years of shit that we went through, and we lost football games as well. So, and we're down to nine. So, if you have a as you have a full season membership, you only get nine games now. Like we're almost down to the NFL, where they only get, where they get the eight. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We only get. Um, I, I think Tamworth's a good thing. I, I'm not anti-Tamworth. And I totally get the Women's World Cup. If that wasn't on, we would be playing more uh, games in Campbelltown and Leichhardt. So I get that kind of points towards making it more understandable as well. But, yeah, I don't know. I just It's not a commitment to winning, Josh. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not a commitment to winning. He's not the NRL CEO. If the game is to be taken over there, it should have been directive, a directive from the NRL, yeah. not from our own club. Give him a magic it, round. Yeah, but like I said, he's trying to do the right thing and it's all goody two-shoes and whatever. But at the same time, he doesn't get what it's like to be a West Tiger supporter. He, he, he does not read the room. He doesn't get it. He's only been there seven years. That's 12 years of not making the finals. We want to make the finals. You you can't be doing what seemed like little things. Oh, it's only one game. It's only this. It's like last year, you know, the coach wanted Jackson Hastings and Adam Dwayne to fly up to a game on the Gold Coast. You know, we wouldn't front the airfare. We, we put little obstacles in front of our team or our club or our coaches, you know, to get us over the line. We should be doing everything in our power, and we have with our signings, no doubt, we should be doing everything in our power to get more home games and and just want to win and want to make finals. Like, you just can't... This this is like a four-point swing if we lose that game. And if mm. the Warriors end up on 26 and we're on 24 and you turn it the other way around, now everyone will say, well, it's still a ground of the same size and all that sort of thing. But home crowds influence referees. It, it, there's just so much to it. So I, I just don't think he gets what it's like to be a fan. He just... He just sleeps comfortably at night and we're just thinking, when are we going to make the finals? We want to make the finals so badly. He doesn't have that desperation, Josh. It's all about money, mate. The whole thing's a business. The West Tigers is a business. 
and the fact that all the traveling that we do as well like i've just looked at the home game schedule so we've got a home game at combank in round 19 and our last home game at combank is in round 25. we've got two home games in the middle there that are basically away games with the trip to tamworth and the trip to new zealand so basically 20 21 22 23 24 we've got five weeks on the road in a row basically and Mm. that's that's tough when generally you'd have you'd see a team have maybe three yeah. away trips in a row before they're back home. We have five straight weeks on the road there. Yeah, I, like I said, I'd love to I'd love to see the stats for their home home uh, percentage of home wins as opposed to their away wins because the Warriors are notorious for being garbage away from home. Yeah, I mean, in saying all this, twenty nineteen we got a big win in New Zealand against the Warriors to. Uh, set up a Leichhardt, Leichhardt Oval last round to make the finals and then we all know what happened at Leichhardt so they can't maybe maybe we will win in New Zealand and get it done but yeah uh, time will tell we've still got what 20 23 rounds of football and a trial until that so uh, we will see we will see uh, righto just reminder uh Rugby League Merch contacted us and they've designed some merchandise. Uh, as I said last week, it's at cost price. We're not making any money off this. If you guys are proud enough and like us enough that you want to wear our logo, um, yeah, go 28 bucks for a T-shirt, uh, 28 bucks for a hat. That's pretty uh, pretty sweet. So um, reminds me I need to order one myself. Uh, also, my other little side project podcast, Sport Espresso, every weekday morning, uh, basically just reviewing the last 24 hours of scores and that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl was today. Rob, I think your tip, Rob Stradamus said... went down on, in flames. Yeah, you said you said Phillies was, Philly was specials. They, they were. Lost. They, they lost. Were. I don't know how they lost. lost. They well, choked. I do know how they lost, but it, yeah. Terrible tip. I should stick to rugby league. I hope, I hope uh, some of the people... Got on Stefano to score a try because he was uh, ten to one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You can't win them all. You can't win them all. That's why it's called exactly. gambling. Uh, right. Patreon questions. If you want to support the show? Patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Help support the show for just three bucks a month. Access to our Discord, which I'll open up now because the guys have dropped a couple of questions in there for us to take part. Uh, a lot of Super Bowl talk today. Obviously, as well, a lot of basketball talk. So not just footy in there, but uh, and Rob drops the occasional. I can't publish this, but in the uh, in the chat as well. Uh, oh, we've got a couple couple late mail ones. Okay, I don't know if you boys have seen these. Have so seen. Tiger twenty four seven asked us to do our ladder predictions. So I'm going to save that one because if you do the poll, uh, by the way, if you click the link. Uh, on our socials to go do the poll in a couple of weeks that we're going to talk about that actually has name your top eight. So we'll save that one because we don't, we kind of be repeating ourselves if we hit that one. Uh, Will, his question is rank the 2023 new boys in order of importance. So you boys uh, spent today uh, ranking the power rankings of our new signings. So who wants to go first? I think we're very similar from uh, what I got a glimpse of Aaron's, but... Um, yeah, I, I didn't see your list, Rob. Why don't you yeah, go uh, first? I didn't see your list. Okay, well, I've got 
Appy is number one, and he's even more important now that he's captain. Uh, but obviously, he's going, to, he's going to get the most um, touches in the game. Um, he's the most experienced guy. He's won three comps, so he's the most successful player we've got. And, you know, he's probably the closest thing we've got to Robbie Farah um, as a hooker. So, yeah, I, I think he's the most important one, and uh, it's kind of follow my lead there. Um, my second one was Papali. Even though it's, it's a second row position, um, I just think we need that dynamic attacking thrust that he can provide. We need him to we need him to be able to score those tries where he just crashes through people. Hopefully, we'll give him a bit better service than uh, you know, like like uh, Moses and uh, Brown were giving him. Uh, and I think Bateman, after seeing that try that we leaked on the edge. I think it was the second try of the game last Saturday night. Boy, we needed someone with that Bateman experience, that mongrel. Uh, he's just got a win-at-all-cost mentality. Um, Clem is just as important. Uh, and then I've put Staines as, as back pressure. And then I put Smith because I think Will Smith can cover a few positions. So I, I would think him and Simkin are going to fight out that 14 spot. I, I think Simkin's definitely got the jump, but... Uh, I would certainly say I'd love to see Will Smith there because he can cover more positions. And Brandon Wakem, because if one of our halves goes down, we're stuffed, absolutely stuffed. So we need Wakem to have a good year. But that was my seven, and that was the order I put them in. How different is yours, As? A little bit different, not too much, though. Um, so I had Appy number one as well. Uh, our service from dummy half post Robbie Farrow has been pretty terrible. And um, I think I mentioned last week and a few times last year, the issues we had with Little occasionally at dummy half really slowed us down in a few games, really caused us some issues. So just the influence he's going to have from dummy half directing the team around and even like Rob said, even more so important now as captain, I think he's probably going to be the most important one. I had Clemmer, number two, instead of Papali'i. Um, I think as a the the front row forward position, we have the depth there, but we, we've been crying out for that leader. We had Tamo, and he was a good leader for the boys, but having Clemmer, I think, is he's going to act as a really good leader for our forward pack. Um, worth eth- work ethic, uh, both on and off the field, I think is probably going to be the biggest key there. Then I had Papali'i in third because I think um, like we we need that in the we need what he brings in the second row, but I feel like we need that leader in the forward pack just that little bit more. Uh, I had Staines in fourth because he's going to put all the pressure on um, Dan Laurie to make sure he keeps performing because if he if he doesn't perform, then Charlie's going to um, take over from him, and being that being a spine position is probably one of the more important ones. I had Bateman in fifth just because I think that the depth we have in the second row is pretty good and we're going to be able to cover for him until he gets here, but he will make a huge difference once he arrives. And then I had Brandon Wakem and Will Smith both down the bottom because depth in their positions, uh, depth in the halves, depth as a utility, I think they're both equally important, but not as important as the other five. Uh, nice work, boys. Uh, next question, uh, Brocker. So this is—I don't know if you boys saw this one. So a few of the boys dropped a couple of questions, literally just before we went on to air. So Brocker asks players who might make their NRL debuts this year. Uh, I'm assuming he means 
West Tigers only because we'll take all night, I guess. And that's you come here to listen to the West Tigers podcast. Uh, I mean, straight off the top of my head, you think Rua will get a crack sometime this year? Uh, NRL debut. Anyone else come to mind? Boys, I, I, I don't think Tumith has had a first grade game, has he? Yeah, oh, I Tum- yeah, so. he'll definitely yeah, get a crack. I think Tumith was pretty good, as I said earlier, and I think uh, Fainu uh, was really good. I don't know if Fainu had had a game at Manly before. I think he was at Manly before he came to us. Um, and then Aaron, what was that try scorer's name? I mean, he hasn't had a first grade game. Uh, the, the try you mentioned against New Zealand, what was his name? Oh, uh, Fudge. <laughs> you forgot his name anyway. You're talking about Dream Baller? Obviously, he's no, the try, um, so. the one who scored the try at that our first try, uh, Penny first, Trey Penny, Trey Penny. So That's there's the probably one. three blokes there. I I don't think anyone in the backs is going to be really different, is there? I I can't see anyone cracking it in the backs that's been there. I will say one thing, Josh. I don't reckon Rue is going to get a run as a starter. I'm I'm not across twenty four. Not even a bench spot in 24 no, games. I, I, I just, well, I put it this way. If, if Simpkin gets a spot on the bench, and I know it's going on a bit of a tangent, but if, if Jake Simpkin gets a spot on the bench, we're going to have one of Sean Bloor, Alex Twal, Joe Offangawi, John Bateman. Someone's going to miss a spot in the 17. You literally mm. cannot fit everyone in that starting pack. And then w- when you look at the leftover, like let's just say, for example, Steph and Clem are the starters. In the, in the props with Appy. And then you've got, I know Bateman's not here yet, but when he's here, it'll be Bateman and Papali'i. And you can put who you want at lock, call it Pole. There's only three forwards in the utility. There's there's four forwards that are like basically left over. So I don't know. I, I just don't know where, where they're all going to fit. And that's a wonderful problem to have. And we won't have that problem until Bateman arrives. That they probably all just squeeze in. But, yeah, I just don't know where these, you know, your Tuki Simpkins, your, your Tumuths, your Fainus, they're going to have to wait. And and some of those guys were impressive. A uh, few comments coming through. So, later, Brach said, Bula, Felity, Rua, Fatushia. I really should read before I try and pronounce names. Uh, the Louis. <laughs> So that's how many names you got there? One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, if there's seven debut debuts, that um, you can only assume either a things are going terribly wrong or b um, some injuries. So fingers crossed. Um, but I don't know. Tim Sheens does like giving kids a go, doesn't he? He says if you're young enough, yeah, he does. He does but I enough, don't, I don't think Felitti's ready for another year at least, like minimum. Mm. Uh, Kenny C, after the first trial, who's front runner? We've kind of touched on this a couple of times accidentally. Uh, front runner for the 14 jersey, and who could be smoky? I think Jason can will have it, but as what do you reckon? Who who will be 14 round one? Yeah, I'm leaning towards Jakey at the moment as well, and I'll, I'll just go back to what you were saying about Rua, Josh. I think Rua will be a chance at a debut, but I think that only happens if Appy gets selected for Origin again. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's weird having Origin like quality players, isn't it? I'm gonna have, we can complain about that this year losing players for Origin. <laughs> Maybe we might have because I th- I think st- well, who's in front of Steph 
to kind of go on another tangent, which we always do. How many front rollers in the NRL in New South Wales are ahead of Stefano? Because he's already been in um, Freddie's Freddie's eye, like Freddie's books, conversations, sort of thing. So I think legit. I think Steph can come out and knock on the door of an Origin jersey this year. There's my hot take for the night. No, I agree with you, and I think Clem will be knocking yeah. on the door too. Do you think Clemmer can get back in? Yep. I mean, but, but but Steph would have the jump on him with his age and his, you know, and his score try scoring ability and you know being able to bust the line the way he does. Will Freddie pick Appy now that he doesn't play for the Panthers? <laughs> Probably I, not. But we can. He dream. only picks Panthers and Roosters. <laughs> I I think it's like it's like all teams low on the ladder. If the teams are travelling poorly, generally the players are down in confidence. Yeah. And then they, then they don't pick the player. So if we're travelling okay, Appy's going to be there. But if we're, you know, going like, you know, busted you-know-what and down the bottom of the ladder, well, it, it makes it harder for him, especially if, if South are flying high and Damien Cook's going well or whatever the case may be. But you'd think on what he did in 2022 that he, sh- he deserves a bench spot even from now. He's just got to be fit and healthy, really. Yeah, because that's another thing. Freddie as well likes to show loyalty to the team that played last year. Yeah. Um, they didn't win the season last year, but I feel like Appy was a big part of what what the Blues were doing. So if we yeah if we are going well, I I have a feeling he will want to stay loyal to Appy and give him a run. But it'll also depend on yeah how Cookie in particular is going at the same time. Yeah, I was half joking. I thought Appy would have been a shoe in, but yeah, Damien Cook, yeah, might, um, yeah, fingers crossed. So, already talking Origin. Sorry, putting the the Origin <laughs> conversation coming out in February. Uh, Dane, last question. Dane Pimble asks who who will be this year's breakout star and why is it Brent Naden? So Dane's throwing his. <laughs> is, is, <laughs> Would you say Brent Naden hasn't broken out? He did score a try in a grand final. Is is, is he saying that he's going to play Origin or something? But um, I think I think Naden's going to have a very good season. I think West Tigers fans underrate him a little bit. I think they're still kind of carrying that um, little bit of disdain towards him because he was for the play for the Bulldogs before us or something. I I think. In a crappy side last year, he was looking pretty good. I'm I'm pretty excited to see Naden in our side this week. And as we mentioned earlier in the All Star game, he looked pretty good too. So um, we talked about breakout players last week. So shows uh, shows how how carefully you're listening, uh, Dane. But thanks for that. But Just any any <laughs> um, I don't know any. Anyone else since we kind of talked about this already as, but anyone else that you think is going to have a breakout year that we haven't mentioned? I'd, I'd like to see Tumuth get a shot. I think if he gets a shot, he could really have a have a go at making a name for himself and have a bit of a breakout season. But that would, that would mean we'd probably have to cop a few injuries and I obviously hope that doesn't happen. But if he does get a shot, I think he'll take it with both hands and play quite well for us. Uh, Joey mentioned Stainsy. Yeah, okay, I can. Yeah, I can see Stainsy having a breakout year. I mean, you play for the Panthers in a grand final. Um, I don't know. Is he going to get the thing about breakout years? Is he kind of 
you're kind of talking about attention. So I think for breakout years, the team's going to have to be going well because you don't really break out if your team's coming last. Whereas if you play for the Panthers and score a try in a grand final, it's much, much easier. So In your non-preferred yeah. position as well. And considering yeah. in one of his earlier games in his career, he ended up scoring four or five tries in a game against the Sharks, I think it was, at um, Cogra. Yeah, four uh, tries. Yeah. Uh, Julia Tiger mentioned Dane. I think I mentioned Dane last time we were talking about it as well. I think Dane is going to... He said Dane for the second time. Yeah, I think big year for Dane. I think he's going to establish himself as our fullback. Uh, Righto. So, first trial is a oh, first trial. I don't know why I wrote first trial. First trial game. Well, first trial game for the uh, for most of the first grade squad. So, we are previewing that on Wednesday night at eight thirty p.m. Playing against the Raiders in uh at, in in Belmore at Belmore. Um, <laughs> I guess it's at Belmore in Belmore. That kind of makes sense. Uh, I'm heading to the game. Have you got your tickets yet? Fellas, I'll be on the hill. I've never been to Belmore. I'm really excited to um, experience Belmore Oval. I've never seen the West Tigers play. Of that, Brisbane and New Zealand are the only grounds I've never seen the West Tigers play. So ticking that off. Does a trial count? I don't know. It's because um, I've seen this play at Redfern Oval as well. Back in 20, 2009, we did a trial against two thousand nine. Nine or ten, I remember Gareth. It was Gareth Ellis's first year. We played against the Rabbitohs at Redfern, which was pretty cool. Watching a game oh, yeah. uh, there it was oh nine, was it? Oh, that's when he was. That was his first. Yeah, year. I still remember seeing him and going, "Oh, like just looking at him, going, this guy's going to be pretty good.'" And he was. Um, I digress, but uh, yeah, you fellas heading out to Belmore on Sunday? Are you coming? Uh- I'd I'd like to, but what time are we playing? Uh, good Four question. o'clock, I think. No, we're the early uh, game. We're two. We're the early game. Doing it live, looking up the uh, game live. No, the preview, well, I... I promise. By the preview on Wednesday night, we will know what time kickoff is. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have asked you on the spot, Josh, but I actually. Uh, preseason challenge is on two fifty-five, so it's gonna be it's gonna be hot. So. Uh, what's the weather looking like for Sunday? Sunday is meant to be 31 degrees. Oof, okay, it's going to be a warm one. Guns out, fellas. Shirts off. <laughs> yeah, that'll scare the viewers away. And just a reminder... So... I won't be able to be there, so I'll, I'll uh, look yeah. forward to rocking up in round one. Yeah, we forgive you for not making the three-hour drive for a trial. As uh, season prediction... Demands that I can't. <laughs> yeah. So our season predictions show Monday, February 27th. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, the link to that preview, I'll sh- shoot it out on the socials um, tonight or tomorrow. And yeah, get, get your Google Forms filled in. Lots of fun questions that we can discuss. And I'm a bit of a data nerd when it comes to that stuff. I love hearing what you guys are thinking um, heading into the 2023 season. And I, yeah, it's I find those episodes fun when we go through some polls and surveys. So that yeah, Monday Feb. That's the Monday leading into round one. 
out. So obviously we'll have no game to review from that weekend. It's a the off weekend. So yeah, get uh, get your forms filled in and sent back to us, boys. Uh, an hour and twelve. We're getting much, getting more, a bit more efficient. We uh, we laughed, we cried, we uh, yeah, got, Good got solid it all discussion. done. In, got it all done in less than the length of an actual rugby league game. So, uh, boys, thanks for joining us. On thanks for all out. We had fifty plus people in the live. People, the people are coming back. We really appreciate you. Um, all the comments we're getting. People saying that. Yeah, happy to be back. Comments on our YouTube and um, Twitter and that sort of thing. We we see you. We appreciate you. We love you. Tell your friends to come listen. Tell them we're back. Tell them we we promise we're not gonna be we're gonna be a lot more positive. A little bit. We'll, <laughs> I think we'll well balanced tonight. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. We have we can pre- have a uh, yeah a bit of positivity coming this weekend, and we'll preview that game on Wednesday as always. Fellas, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast.